Hey, this is Keith. Or some actor playing Keith, I'm not really sure anymore. But um, we're coming to the end. The end of my Los Angeles con spree. But before I leave, I have some scores to set and discover a couple truths to be revealed. It's all going to come down to the season finale of Rideshare Episode X. It's going to drop on December 3rd. Now, until then, I want you to catch up by binge listening the first season. And I suggest that you do exactly as I say. Or you're going to miss all the fun. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Hi, this is Bill Ratner. I'm the voice of Flint on G.I. Joe, and this is Knowing is Half the Podcast, which is actually an appropriation of the original saying, Knowing is Half the Battle, which was used in a number of public service announcements that have now been burlesqued on YouTube by a number of individuals, and I don't think there's a copyright issue at all. Have a good day. He never gives up, he'll stay till the fight's won. G.I. Joe will dare. G.I. Joe Buddy, and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast of all time that has me and Chan and Gina on it. This is Knowing is Half the Podcast. That is a 100% accurate statement. Yes. I don't know if my levels are loud or Ray is a loud human being anymore. Uh, why can't it be both? <laughs> it probably is both. How, women, how many episodes have we done? You don't know the Ray's a loud human being? <laughs> well, this it is episode 44. Me. Here's the, there's the little, there's a little dial right there. <laughs> I, I keep asking people if you need to turn it up or down and you're like, yeah, everything's fine. Okay. That's on you. That is on you. Weirdly enough, I think mine needs to be turned up. I I, 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 I just turned Ray's down to mute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're sitting right here. You can probably hear me without the headphones. Oh, actually, oh, go ahead. Uh, actually, we are in different seats. Uh, this is true. This whole yeah. thing is a totally, totally different room. I'm going to build the uh, Chanchin Studios. Mm-hmm. This is right. We're in the half-built Chanchin North podcast studio right now. Does it have a name yet? It should have a catchy name. I mean, the should, should we call it the Terror Drome, or I mean, should there be like a GI Joe themed name? Did for you say Terror Drome? That's right. That's the name of the base of Cobra. That is, that is oh, indeed. is yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Oh, like I don't know, Gina. I was like, <laughs> what is this? I thought you were trying to say drone or dome, and you came it's up with drone. A little combo platter too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I do appreciate Chan you getting this this pricey um, foam put up on the wall so yeah. your neighbors don't kick you out because of me. Yeah. I appreciate. Yeah, this is uh, soon. This the walls will be covered with. Blood G. of our enemies. Oh, I was oh. going to say G.I. Joe pictures so I can tell who's who, but blood of our enemies is good, too. The blood of our enemies on our G.I. Joe pictures. <laughs> we'll see. If I got room. <laughs> I got to get my uh, my bookshelves in here. Mm. Mm-hmm. Into it. Well, mm. today we're talking about an episode called Hearts and Cannons. Also, just so you know what I'm... Uh, oh, yes. My goals for this episode. Yes. Um, Just so everybody knows in advance, I'm going to try and drag this out as long as possible because Ray is trying to get to the movie theater, and Look, I don't I, want that to happen. I have a date with my wife to go see Marvel Civil War Captain America 3. Which you should have seen already. Well, yeah, you guys I, both went last night we, without we me. We went last mm-hmm. night without you. Rude. Yeah, because we're <laughs> so good nerds. That's, that's what we do. 
So you guys can we torment had, me We had about some it. awesome commentary. Mm. You missed out on all of it. <sighs> Boy, it is just the worst when Ant-Man dies. <laughs> uh, what the F? You, it's just, it's heartbreaking. It really is. Mm. Uh, you guys are jerks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Hearts and Cannons is the name of the episode we're going to right now. Do we assume and that this is a play on Hearts and Minds? I think. I don't think Hearts and Minds was a thing back in 1984. No, I think it was. You need oh, to sure win the hearts was. and the minds of the people, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. It was goes it back Vietnam? to I feel like war it... things. <laughs> <laughs> we're super well oh, okay. informed. Well, that's true. Me, yeah, well, I, I, mean, I, I guess we did have well, if, war. If you, if you look at the, the narrative of this entire thing, though, it's about two men wooing the heart of a young ish not young lady and a cannon that she invented so hearts and cannons would be an appropriate like breakdown of what this episode is truly about i guess it's, but a, it's a lyndon b johnson thing there we go hearts and minds okay. v- vietnam war lyndon b johnson Look we need you. to win the hearts of the minds and the viet of the vietnamese people knowing stuff right, right that's awesome <laughs> okay fine um, then, i yes, didn't know it's that probably a play of, on hearts and minds although hearts and cannons doesn't it, it, only barely, barely <laughs> yeah. touches well, there. Oh, also, this is the first time that we, I, I think, that we've seen a story by and then a script by credit. Uh, no, that does happen every once in a while. Uh, Flint Dilly's got a lot of story by, but he didn't write it, stuff oh, like that. Oh, okay, because I was wondering if it meant that like the guy wrote the script and they were like, ugh, this sucks. Can you rewrite this? <laughs> Might be. Uh, yeah. I, honestly, it's it's probably more the case of just like he came up with like a shotgun of story ideas and then didn't and then have time to write them, them all. So yeah. okay. So well, what do we know about the author of this episode? Uh, uh, I didn't actually take a look at it. Alfred A. Peggle. Um, oh, creator of the video game Peggle and Peggle Two. P e g a l, not P e g g l e. Then I'm totally wrong. Uh, mm. He was a writer for Mask. Oh, neat. Uh, okay. Well, no, he did an episode of Transformers. He did some mask. It didn't say what. Uh, did an episode of Defenders of the Earth. So he was in that. Uh, he's in the zone. He was in the mix there. Uh, but that's it. Like he's got no other credits on IMDb. Oh, maybe so it's an alias. He well, or possibly he was like a comic book writer, and uh, this was the only oh. work he'd ever done. You're uh, talking about uh, mask with Cher and Eric Stoltz. <laughs> right? We are not. Yes. <laughs> we are 100%. not even a little bit. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> mask was a neat show and cool toys. Thank you so much. Uh, it was mm-hmm. about a boy struggling with his deformities <laughs> and his single mom. Oh, Cher, you are a delight. <laughs> In any case, the episode opens, and we're in the nebulous Middle East. Yeah, I put, like, Saudi Arabia? Are they kidnapping Saudis? Well, here's what we know. We're in the desert. There are goats, and a woman is wearing a hijab. So... Yeah, and there are are men dressed like sheiks. Chan, what do you think? Uh, I believe we are in the 1400s, (laughs) uh, because the only weapons they have are swords. Um, Correct. And they're still talking like they're... (laughs) Friggin', uh, uh, yeah, in the in the Middle Ages. Well, yeah, this was mildly a mildly racist episode. Uh, the one thing I thought about the opening scene is is that we have like the 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 people and the cobras abducting people, and then you have a guy we later learn his name is Jabal. Jabal uh, pledging vengeance. I honestly thought we were watching one of those Sunday morning Bible stories. <laughs> they used to put the Bible cartoons on Sunday mornings, <laughs> like uh, uh, like uh, counter programming to like Tom and Jerry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it had better animation, but then you had the Bible on top of it. So yeah. they 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 slip this in. Uh, they like they did a special airing on Sunday, so that uh, uh, kids would be like, "Oh no, I'm watching something about Jesus." And then as soon as the parents leave the room, yeah, it is weird that we have no real identifying. 
factors about these people or this place. I, I think that uh, was done on purpose. Well, no, also, <laughs> and also this is 1984, and the extent of most of our knowledge about uh, the Middle East, for me, personally, summed up, A, Iron Sheik, B, <laughs> a line from a Weird Al uh, uh, song where uh, uh, Sheik's around the corner, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's Happy Birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, Sheik's on the corner buying everything inside. So, uh, wow. uh, That's 1983 right there. Some old school. Yeah, it was his first album, not even uh, in 3D. His self titled album. Yeah. Get knowledge of Weird Al. Mm -hmm. I also think of um, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom taught Mm -hmm. us a lot about the Middle East. Sure. Although, I mean, that actually was period. That's like, you know, 40s somewhere. Um, but that's pretty much the world we've been dropped into here in this episode yeah, of uh-huh. G.I. Joe. Uh-huh. That's all we know is that, uh, yeah, there's swords and camels. No uh-huh. reference of hummus or anything. So we were clueless There's, there's back then. oil burning, right? Isn't there, there, aren't there like oil derricks at some point? Well, yeah, probably. Mm, no. I don't know. I don't know. This, well, I mean, Did I, my mind insert that in there? Because I was like, must <laughs> be oil in the Middle East. Looks like the episode isn't the only thing racist. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's, yeah, there's two ways you can go with, uh, the Middle East in the er- early mid '80s, and that's either uh, uh, rich sheiks or uh, they cut off your hands because uh, uh-huh. the Muslims are a mysterious race. Of, you know. <laughs> well, this isn't the first time we've gone. Remember, Wild Bill cooked up those uh, con- uh, Texas right. hot links for the, yep. the the sheiks in a previous episode. Mm-hmm. So, but we're, we're we're back again, everybody. So, uh, right. Cobra's wait a minute, duck to this village. Wait a minute. Yes, do they only meet uh, royalty every time they go to the Middle East? Yeah. Yeah. That's all that exists in the Middle East, Chan. You either have villagers with swords who get turned into slaves because they only have swords and camels. Sure. Oh, granted, later that's a huge asset against guns. I guess. In the episode. No, it's not established that this dude is royalty, is it? We don't know that yet, but he's the one guy running around swearing vengeance. Did you not watch the last five minutes of the episode? I fell asleep. (laughs) Oh, dear. I'm just saying right now. Yeah, okay, you're right. Well, we get a weird thing where G.I. Joe... I forgot they call him a prince at the end. That's true. No, they say... He's like the royal he's king the of, monarch the, of, of the entire country. Hold on. We're just going to skip right to the end here. <laughs> <laughs> just oh just so that you, you know... Wait a uh, minute. I do feel like I was writing my note about, like, definitely racist while they were t- explaining who this guy exactly was. <laughs> All praise to Ahmed Razuli Jamal, rightful monarch of this land. Got it. Ahmed Razuli and Isles. I was really. Oh, wait. Jaf- Jafar? <laughs> yes. Oh, jeez. Ritali, Fabulous. Jabal. I like that he's just like, you can just call me Jabal. We're cool. <laughs> just call me Jab. Just Jabby. call me Jabby. J Bones. J Bones. Dang it. I wanted him to say that now. Uh, yeah, so uh, there's a weird thing. G.I. Joe with Wild Bill is flying this gigantic tanker Why of an airline this over. So- Everything about this is unsafe. Wild yep. Bill, unsafe. Yep. Tank yep. in a plane, unsafe. Mm. Plane in a storm, unsafe. Mm. You've got plenty of jet pilots. <laughs> Why would you give that job to a helicopter? Well, at least they didn't give it to Ace because he would have crashed. That's it. true. That's true. <laughs> it's true. I did appreciate the line where he's just like, make sure that giant tank is secure in this open hangar or literally we're all going to die. Mm. Maybe somebody at the planning stages could have maybe sure. put something better on the table. Maybe we check that at the be- beginning <laughs> Before and, we take off, and apparently it's not a big deal if this tank res- gets to its destination anyway, only mm. because they just jettison it the first second they have to. Yeah, yeah. And I'm no science jerk, Chan. Maybe back me up here, but planes get struck by lightning without catching fire and crashing all the time, don't they? They're kind of built to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so why is it suddenly the lightning crashes the wing? Here's the thing. Just before that, 
uh, our uh, disguised monarch was like, I'll th- put a curse on you. It's true. I thought this was going to go uh, straight up magic route. After Eye of the um, Gods. Now I'm bummed right. that that did not happen. Uh, but maybe what happened is like, I'm putting a curse on you. And the gods were like, uh, oh, hey, uh, somebody's done a, uh, to make a curse. Just uh, hey, just throw some lightning out there. <laughs> like, oh, we hit the wrong guy. But uh, look at what ends up happening. Lightning hits the plane. Mm-hmm. They jettison the tank. Mm-hmm. The tank miraculously survives intact to the ground below. Sure. And who ends up with the tank? Uh, God J Bones. J Bones. <laughs> J Balls. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I like J Balls better. <laughs> uh, he gets the tank, so maybe there is some sort of like cosmic, like Footloose says, cosmic poop yeah, is he's happening. Like, Help me out, bro. I'm like, cool. Here's a chariot. Mm-hmm. He says chariot. Chariot from the sky. Not a fan of that. No, nope, that was all. the first time I wrote racist. <laughs> well, it was the first time? Oh, wow. that was deep into the <laughs> episode. <laughs> you were being awfully kind to them. Well, uh, also love that. Uh, um, uh, which one is it? Who who do we have here? Footloose and, and Dusty and Dusty, our favorite right. refrigerator repairman. I, right. th- this is the first time I remember anything about Footloose. To be honest, he, like, was... he has a fully developed character yes. in this in this episode. Right, this is the Footloose episode. Yeah, yeah. Other because I was like, wait, was he always this sort of weird hippie Bill and Ted type this, dude? Yeah, he's a yes. surfer. He's a stoner. He's a, there's so much stoner lingo thrown in here. I mean, he really oh, does steal man. the episode. <laughs> and can we talk about the dynamic between Footloose and Dusty? Because I think you nailed it with Bill and Ted right there. It really. <laughs> is like two like dopey dudes mm-hmm. kind of like ham fisting their way through a a, a, a caper mm-hmm. and meanwhile both thing and thinking every chick on the planet wants to bang them mm-hmm. because dusty's like oh, i think cover girl likes me it's like based on what Dusty? <laughs> i think i think actually that one made sense because she didn't want him to jump out of the plane sure although it sounded like hey we got to jump out of the plane she's like no, you idiot. There's a completely reasonable... Rash- Before we throw people out, we throw out the or- the fuel. The jet fuel, yeah. Listen, yeah. being a girl in comedy, at- saying at any point, oh, I don't want you to die, is the equivalent to every dude in comedy of like, that chick wants to bone me. Uh, okay. Must rush at her boobs with open hands. Honky, honky, honk, honk, honk. Wait, so you're telling me that was wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I made some mistakes in my comedy life earlier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and also we uh, we get to uh, uh, because both neither, neither Footloose nor Dusty are aerial specialists. <laughs> they are not. Uh, so when they jump out of the plane, uh, I believe it's uh, uh, Footloose that says, uh, "Into the ozone." <laughs> Yeah, I don't think he knows where the ozone is. <laughs> the ozone is much higher, is way higher. <laughs> and then, and then we're doing a a, a, a Point Break thing uh, uh-huh. years before Point Break came out. Maybe Footloose is confused as to which way he would fall when he left the plane. <laughs> I'm so high, man. I literally do not know where I am. <laughs> So they they and apparently they took sleeping bags with them because they had a lovely camping experience I, in the I desert. I would buy that. They have yeah. backpacks. Yeah, right? yeah. This, that's all. That's all gear because they obviously you know like they need they know they need to survive for a couple of days. Until yeah. They, what I'm yeah. saying is it seems like it was sort of a snap decision in the moment to jump out, grab your parachutes. I'm glad that they happened to have their sleeping bags wear worn on them at the time they made this decision. Uh, well, here's the thing because I was doing the because ma- my knee jerk reaction to them being like we need to jettison 400 pounds and him being like we're the 400 pounds. I was like those dudes don't weigh 200 pounds each. But then I was like oh with all their gear on sure. they probably mm-hmm. do. I really wanted somebody to make a Cover Girl fat joke right there. <laughs> Be like, I was just get excited. moving Cover Girl. 
I was really bummed to see CoverGirl, and then I was like, well, we haven't seen her in a while. I guess they have to put her in an episode. So I was delighted that they found a way to put her in an episode, but only give her 30 seconds of screen time. And she yep. annoyed me in those 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. same here. She's super same naggy. Here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they they wake up in the desert, and Foot, Footloose is not managing as well as Dusty. We already know Dusty ends up in the desert. He's fine. Yep, that's where he belongs. Nothing, nothing. But so he finds the scorpion, and right. Footloose starts getting a little freaked out uh, by it. Well, obviously you would be because that scorpion was hissing, and Scorpions it was right in his hiss. face. <laughs> what did he? What did he say when the scorpion? Uh, do you have a poll for that? Because I think he said something really. I mean, again, just like the stoner lingo is tight. Oh, freak me out, man! Help! <laughs> I mean, what a great reaction yep. to a scorpion in the face when you wake up. Mm. He's still like waking and baking. I will say that it was adorable when Dusty's like, dude, it ain't no thing. He walks right up and the scorpion's like, bonk, bonk, bonk. Yeah, bonk, bonk. trying to stab his shoe. <laughs> yeah. Because yep. <laughs> yep. I was like, oh, please don't just step on it. And he didn't. Yeah. No. He wouldn't do that. He has respect for the creatures of the desert. <laughs> mm-hmm. Still, though, it is a fucking. Uh, Venomous creature, and it needs to be. Yeah, and it almost stung his friend on the face. I just. Help. Uh, then they see lasers in the air. Very mm. exciting. So they go over and they find an entire... Just It's always with G.I. Joe. Which is always, what they were looking for in the first yes, place. It's always just over one ridge. Yep. <laughs> All right, Nobody guys. looks over ridges. I have a thing that I did for this episode, and Ooh, this episode only. Very exciting. And it's called my Moxie Alert. <laughs> so there is a Moxie Alert coming up here, because... <laughs> The lady scientist is chock full of moxie. Oh, yes, she yeah. is. She's well, got spunk. I'm conflicted on her. So her name is Dr. Uh, Winters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And was it Sarah Winters? I think it's Nancy. Nancy Winters. Mm-hmm. There we go. I don't have that written down. But uh, Dr. Winters is over here. And she is just like, she created a plasma cannon, for God's sake. That's uh-huh. impressive. And they're test testing it. This thing literally makes vehicles disintegrate. Yeah. Super smart lady. Mm-hmm. Also attractive and young for a scientist. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Is she and is she? She is not attractive. No. Yet. That's right. <laughs> Her hair is tied back Wait, and she is wearing she, glasses. But later later on I wrote, she just got she's all vatted. Yep. It's exactly what I thought. Yes. Yep. But yep. still, when you see her first, she's still attractive. Like if you if you went to a, you- a science convention. Man. And you saw that woman with her bun and her glasses. You would. You're telling me you wouldn't get a bone. Oh, you put I, any girl into a lab coat. I'm all about that. Main fact. That's yeah. what I'm saying. She's and she's got but, a nice little dress on underneath there kinda, and heels. She's kind of dumpy. She's got to be in like her mid forties. She's what? just hold when, on. When you're hanging on. around Cover Girl no. and Scarlet and Lady J all day, she, Gina, she has glasses on. <laughs> of course, she's in her mid forties and is dumpy. Thank you. There is no other way to interpret. I glasses. put I put her age at 28, and 28? she's like she's like a hundred. 110 pounds. What? You're getting ahead of the story here. <laughs> um, here's the deal. I When I first saw her, I was just like, oh, she's like middle-aged, but she's like dying her hair, so she doesn't look that old yet. Ray has no idea what women look like, guys. Man. I mean, she's probably already going through menopause. Clearly, that's what the hair and glasses are telling us. It's and it's, the science. It just that seems she has a science degree. Okay, well, we'll get there in one sec because she Moxie alert. She runs up and punches Destro in the face. Moxie, oh, and before I love that, this. she like dispatches two soldiers. Yep, that's right, them. two Crimson Guardsmen, and then hits hits Destro in the face. And then, Moxie, and then you promise, and you're going to keep. Clank. Ow. Ow. And that is the voice of Scarlet, correct? Like, I'm pretty, I feel is pretty, it? I feel pretty oh, good about I that. So. 
I don't know. I feel pretty strongly that it is. Mm. I felt it earlier, and I and after hearing this again just now, I really feel it. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, so she's she's definitely got some stones mm-hmm. for a lady. Yeah, yeah. Especially in 1985. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's no way that chick is 28 years old. Come on. No, she has glasses. Wait for it. She has Wait glasses. She gets 20 years younger later. <laughs> uh, so GI Joe, uh, they use the old spy trick of I'm wounded. And then Dusty pops up and punches the guy. Who would fall right. for this? Who? Uh, who? What mm, trained soldier, mm. let alone eight-year-old girl, like would fall for this? I feel like every kid knows this trick. I mm. would. I would actually want to flip this one on its on its reverse and say, what exactly was that Cobra soldier doing out there by himself at night in this truck in the desert? What was his mission? Jerking it. Was he out there jerking it? Is that yeah? The deal? It's the only place he can get some privacy. <laughs> no, no, Destro, Destro, all about that scout game. He's like, you, you get out there. I know that there is literally nothing but sand dunes, right. in a four hundred mile radius. But still, take that little buggy out, uh, kick up some uh, sand plumes, so that uh, eventually we can be tracked down in the middle of this desert. Yeah, it seems like <laughs> the only thing that could happen. I mean, like if he's out doing a scouting mission, there should be two people in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that doesn't make it he shouldn't be getting supplies for almost the exact same reason like where would he even be going to get the supplies you'd figure they'd sacked that town earlier they're probably way good right now mm-hmm. so the literal only reason that he'd be out there is to get captured by G.I. Joe yep. and have the base infiltrated mm-hmm. uh, which is why I kind of assumed for like most of this entire episode that uh uh, uh that the doctor Winters was actually the Baroness. <laughs> there, was, there, was, there was a moment where I actually thought that as well, uh, and we'll get to that. Yes, but, but this is this is also maybe I feel like Destro is a little bit bipolar and he self sabotages. He so sure maybe did. This was him more than any other. He thing. He doesn't really want to succeed. Well, I think in I'm this saying. episode, and we'll get there in a little bit, but I think Destro shows why he's not the leader. I think Destro shows why he's the backup guy making the technology, but doesn't have the skills that somehow Cobra Commander has. No one wants to work for his ass. Yeah, because he's just making bad choices over mm-hmm. and over again, Like especially on a military level. But we will get to the minefield in a little bit. <laughs> he needs his meds adjusted, so he can, right? he can really finally be happy with himself. So, G.I.G., it's true. Uh, G- but maybe the Baroness isn't around. Maybe he's cranky because he ain't get- getting none. <laughs> Uh, so uh, Footloose and Dusty uh, infiltrate the base pretty easily. Oh, by the way, this snake thing that pops up out of the ground, I wrote that it was awesome. Like, like you thi- would rather, you you probably get into uh, your work with like a key card. You would rather have <laughs> yeah. a giant snake pop up. The yeah, I want to and- go to work and then have a snake pop up from the ground and be like, identify yourself. And I put my hand in its mouth and then it's like identification accepted. And then it sinks back into the ground. That was awesome. So if you're listening, Cartoon Network, <laughs> set this up, jerks. Hey, if you're listening, like any garbage office job, like I would, I would work a crummy job for minimum wage at a cubicle farm. <laughs> If it meant that I could go in every morning and be like, identify yourselves. Chan, you don't say that publicly because then some someday you're going to get recruited by a company that has a snake head and they're going to be like, offer <laughs> him you. way less because he said he, he would do it. I listened to episode 44 of Knowing Us Half the Podcast. <laughs> I know where his head's at. Uh, so could you get a sound poll really quick, Chan? Because they see her undressing in the window in a silhouette, which was weird. No, that is 100% how I perceived women. <laughs> At that time, at that age, I was like, because it's the Porky's thing, right? Yes, it is. Yes, like you, yes. you dream of of running across some woman who's taking her clothes off in front of a window, mm-hmm. and you don't actually think through like the logic of that and yeah. the fact that someone who actually would do something like that is probably a predator. 
Correct. Um, or like really stupid. But this whole episode. No, it's a fucking window. You know, it's both listen, ways. You listen, can look outside. As I posted on my Facebook profile recently, I was recently in my kitchen eating pizza and I had just woken <laughs> up and I had not yet put on clothes. But in my defense, there is an alley back there that no one is ever in. And there just happened to be an Orkin man <laughs> there at that time. And I had to duck down real fast. I, and I thought maybe you were like in some sort of adult film because he's just like, I'm the Porkin man. Oh, <laughs> hey, my God. Because and then it turns out to be Porkins from Star Wars. <laughs> Jeb Porkins. <laughs> uh, but to be fair, her window was also facing an alleyway. Okay, it was not facing okay. outwards. So, yeah. But then the the the. the, the they know who she is. They know she's a scientist. They know she created a plasma cannon. And it gets boiled down to what? What do they say to each other? There she is. The chick. There she is. <laughs> the chick. <laughs> this is Porky's in the Middle East. <laughs> to be fair, I would absolutely say that about someone. I'd be like, yo, it's that chick. Well, I mean, it is probably almost certainly the only chick on the <laughs> It's not just that she's a so, chick. She's the chick. She is the well, chick. So I would like to point out in this scene that she is wearing a nightgown. Yeah. Yes, which she is. either means that Cobra had the foresight to be like, hey, we're kidnapping you. Can you pack a little bag with some things like that you're in need for like an overnight trip? Get, get your toiletries. Maybe like, or they bought her a nightgown. Oh, I think they 100%. There's a Cobra insignia somewhere on there on the tag. Yeah, I'm sure or, the Baroness was just like, give her one of mine. Like, like that's very nice of them. I don't think I would do that to my prisoners. I don't know if I would be like, here's a really comfortable nightgown prisoner. Well, I'm wondering because they tell her, um, throw on something casual, you're getting rescued. Yeah. What does she put on? A dress, the heels, only, and her lab coat. The only lab thing coat. she has. Her only outfit. Look, we only animated her wearing this lab coat. <laughs> uh, that that made me the angriest because I was like, okay, I'm justifying it by assuming this is her, the only outfit that she has with her. Why would you put on the lab coat? Well, they, to, so that you know that she's a doctor. <laughs> well, they do an absolutely rotten job of saving her because they're basically stumbling all over themselves. And then Bill Ratner, as Cobra Soldier, walks in the door and starts yelling at them. Mm-hmm. And then they punch him into the literal giant red button alarm on the wall. Okay, Moxie alert. Lights out, lady. I said lights out. Ah! <laughs> that is That is terrible aim. <laughs> you could put him anywhere. Does it have to be towards the one giant red button marked mm-hmm. alarm? Yeah. Yes. I'm into it, though. I'm into it. I love that Cobra's had the foresight to set that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have second Moxie alert here. Okay. Mm-hmm. When they're talking to her and ask her what her, her name is. And uh, she says, Dr. Winters to you. Mm-hmm. Like, these guys are rescuing her. And she's still like, hey, fucker. Yeah. Or ev- <laughs> even worse, though. Nancy Winters, Dr. Winters to you. Right. And I'm Dr. Footloose. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I you didn't know, earn I any know, sort of goddamn degree. You're being a prick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she moxies him and then he like he he puts her down. Like a, like a true true dude of the eighties. He's like, oh, this bitch thinks she's smarter than me. I'm going to take her down a peg. You can't really be a doctor. You're just a chick. <laughs> <laughs> but good for her for being like, yeah, <laughs> soldiers. Like, you call me doctor. Give me some respect. Exactly. <laughs> I invented a goddamn plasma cannon. You will fucking respect my station, <laughs> Footloose the stoner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God bless it. I just have written down here. Like, I don't even know the specific thing. It's just, goddamn it, Footloose and Dusty are so dumb. They're so dumb. And I love them both. Like, they're both... Uh, 
I don't think they could be paired together. <laughs> but they're also like Pink Panther dumb because they have moments where it's like, right? Oh, this will be like a totally cool thing, and then whatever nonsense they say works. Yes, every single time, every single time. Uh, and then this is a base, and this is one thing that blew my mind about this. This is a base where literally they make a comment earlier saying there's like a, a quarter of an inch or a half inch of fence that isn't guarded by like eight dudes. There are Cobra soldiers over the entirety of this base. And what does Destro do when he knows that there is a break in? He triggers the automatic defenses. I Why have so many soldiers? I mean, yeah, I feel like it, it, it seems like a smart idea because then they can take them out. They can take them out and then he can deactivate them and have the. But also, if they want her alive. <laughs> yes. Here's the thing. Uh, I alluded to it uh, once many episodes ago, and I'll bring it up again because it is very much a, a real thing back in the 80s. Remote control <laughs> yes. was almost the equivalent of adding laser to something like if you've got a fucking uh, uh, terrifying uh, hungry bear shark it's 10 times more terrifying if it's a laser powered uh, bear shark makes sense and in the same way remote control as soon as you add that onto something it's like holy shit this is next level this is fucking crazy wait wait a minute there's defenses and I just press a button and the defenses just work Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. honey guess where I'm calling you from (laughs) (laughs) like it's It's a shoe phone it's a shoe phone that's a phone it's a shoe but it's plugged into the wall it's a phone oh my god (laughs) oh we were dumb back then (laughs) dumb 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 I don't I don't think a lot changed uh, (laughs) by May uh, our, t- our technology's better. We're still dumb. <laughs> uh, so the G.I. Joe st- uh, steals a Stinger truck with the big missiles on the back, and a, w- a wild moment happens as the missiles are literally blown off the back of the Stinger, Popped and right none of them detonate. Mm-hmm. Not a single one of them. Mm-hmm. And like, so that's maybe good were, design. Maybe they were just for show. Well, they shoot one of them earlier, <laughs> and it works. That was the one that wasn't just for show. Okay. Well, guys, we got four missiles on the back of this. <laughs> one of them works. Not going to tell you which one. <laughs> It'll happen at the most convenient time. <laughs> so uh, they do one of the most amazing physical things I think we've ever seen in G.I. Joe in that they they hit a little ramp sideways sure. and then fly over what's got to be a 20-foot fence. Sure, sure. With barbed wire. It's a very the short fence. There's probably a good 60, 70 feet in between that little ramp and the actual fence. Uh, it probably goes oh. up probably at least 30 feet. And somehow they're just like, I call this the E.T. moment of the episode. Yeah. (laughs) The animation, they didn't even give a fuck. (laughs) And then it just lands. Yep, just lands. It's just fine. Are they channeling the Dukes of Hazzard right here? Because they are sort of Bo and Luke Duke Mm -hmm. uh, in this episode, like 100%. Yeah, this is definitely like a a buddy cop moment. And then, so they end up getting chased down by cobras. Their stinger kind of gets blown up. And there's a wonderful moment where Footloose, tender man that he is, just picks up the doctor and just chucks her right out the side of the truck. Mm-hmm. Which turned out to up. be the right decision. Yeah. But the tender love he shows her in that moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was like a bag of potatoes. Gotta get rid of this. Whoop. Also, this is the first point where... Uh... And soon as I get myself together, I'll thank you. She's starting to melt. She's yeah. starting to like, oh, well, thank you very much. I, uh, I'm beginning to experience sexual feelings towards you now <laughs> yeah. that you have demonstrated Is a protective attitude mean? towards me. Yeah, as soon as she gets herself together, sh- she's going to thank him with her mouth on his penis. With a BJ. <laughs> yeah, that's With what she a means. PhD. 
BJ. Hold on, does that work? Because she's a doctor. Is she going to suck his PhD? Yeah. Oh, oh there you Ray, go. Thank oh, you. Ray, That's Ray the one. Yeah. Ray Sucks had his it. PhD. Nice. <laughs> High five. Did we? I don't. Know. I feel terrible inside right now. <laughs> I don't know where it happens. I feel like maybe right around here. But I have another moxie alert where she says, "Don't call me man." Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we're, 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 the whole deal here is that uh, uh, we find a clearly marked death zone. Yeah. <laughs> with a cobra giant light death up zone. sign that says death zone. Yep. She stands on a landmine. We're uh-huh. about to cut to commercial as Footloose just turns to her and says, "I'll tell you in a minute. I'm like meditating, man." She turns to and says, I'm stuck in a landmine. Cobra's coming. There's a death zone on the other side. We are effed 10 ways to Sunday. What are we going to do, Footloose? And he says, I'm going to meditate and get back to you. And hits a yoga position right there in the sand. If I were her, I would, I would be like, oh, okay. And then I would grab him, throw him on the mine, and run as fast as I could. At that point, if you're being that goddamn hippy-dippy, then... You deserve to get blown to bits. Mm-hmm. I understand that they're trying to establish the character and whatnot, but that is... That is I, I, that, that's what... Uh, for fuck's sake, <laughs> these people lived in Los Angeles. Yes. Like... I guess. I mean, I guess actually. In the '80s, it was a little different, though, right? I was gonna. I was gonna say, like, obviously, they've they've seen these actual people. They know that's not what they're actually like. And then I thought, like, back in the '80s, it's entirely possible that is what they were like. Like, you would walk down the street and find some asshole yeah. just in a lotus position on the sidewalk, just like <laughs> I'm just meditating, yeah. man. I'm just finding my zen. Think about it, like the crazy sixty to seventy year old hippies going around right now, wearing yeah. the rags and like dancing, uh, 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 you know, in the old person music festivals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those people were this age yeah. then. So this is he is one of those people <laughs> who, <laughs> smelling yeah. like patchouli, walking yep. around with the uh, the the, the multi colored like. Like um, a skull cap on and the the John Lennon sunglasses, mm-hmm. walking down Hollywood Boulevard with no shoes on, yeah, mm-hmm. checking out the incense shops. <laughs> I talk myself into it. That is one hundred percent legit. <laughs> this is Footloose mm-hmm. in a nutshell. Yeah. So she so she says, "Don't call me man." And again, I am struck by the fact that, like, wow, she is in a life or death situation. Since she has escaped from this compound. Right. And she still a minute has, ago. has the moxie to be like, hey, respect me, dude. Lift your foot. Gently, man. Oh, great. But don't call me man. Yeah. Yeah, it's like he just saved your life, but she still wants to be like, look, I get it, but I'm setting clear boundaries. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I actually thought that she said ma'am. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I didn't realize it makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. man, like. So uh, d- d- they end up escaping into the death zone, and it would sound very fun to me. Mm-hmm. Destro and his troops come up, and the troops stop at the edge, and Destro's like, what are you doing? They're like, you know, um, it's a death zone. There's a sign. You, <laughs> you put it there. You, you turned on the defenses. You, you, we will all die if we go in there. And, Des- <laughs> and Destro gets, gets raw. This is why Destro is not Cobra's leader yeah. in a nutshell. Cobra commander... I don't think Cobra. I think Cobra Commander would not make this choice. I think he would. I think he would. He would, but he would couch it differently. Yeah, yes. I, he would. Yes. Be, he would be a little bit more manipulative about Maybe it. Maybe he'd be like ten thousand gold fang shillings to yeah. whoever picks up the Joe. Yeah, right. exactly. I'll make it worth your while to do this. Mm-hmm. Destro says, "If you don't yeah. do it, I'm gonna fucking murder you." Or yeah. he, or or Cobra Commander would have been like, "It's okay. I turned off the defenses. Everyone's good to go now." Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
And then they would go in and get blown to bits. Yeah, at least lie to them about it. <laughs> because could, do we have the, 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 the sound bite of their very half-hearted cobra as they enter the <laughs> yes. zone? Oh, yes. It made me laugh so hard. I absolutely marked that. Uh, although, I will say, just before that, uh, Destro tells the Rattlers... If they don't do this in you know five seconds to kill um, the soldiers, yes. Why didn't you just send the rattlers after the Joes? It's a great question. <laughs> also, kill the soldiers, and I'm standing amongst them right now. Not a good putting on. I just I would have called his bluff on that one. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> Here we go, Destro. I'm standing right next to you, <laughs> but instead, two, one, go. That is just <laughs> sad. Last few dudes at the end. Of- <laughs> uh, cobra. <laughs> That's like when, you know, if you ever get like uh, 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 sucked into like some sort of like corporate event where they, <laughs> where they, where they want. Te- okay, guys, building. we're going to be team building. Yep. We're all going to scream and shout, and we're just going to yell, you know, team at the count of three. One, two, three, and then you get like the half the room that for whatever reason is buying in. They're like team, and then you get like you know me <laughs> and, and the crew I'm hanging around with who are like. Team. <laughs> Team. Whatever. Oh, Jesus. Where's the bar? Yeah. yeah Where, is, where's the, the next question? fruit and cheese plate? <laughs> I, I need to start working where you're working. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we get to the point where Dusty gets a little too fresh, and we have the Moxie alert, and, and Dr. Alert. Winters just throws him. She throws him. Straight up throws like the man. Like a rag doll. And she says, cool it, buster. Yeah. And I just have written down here, I like her. Yeah. <laughs> She's taking no shit from nobody. This is like my fourth moxie alert in this episode, and we're only like halfway through. Nice. And so uh, uh, the, the sandstorm kicks up. Yeah. And Dusty takes the moment. because Destro, once again, bad choice. We've got the specifically desert fighting crew uh-huh. against your generically tra- trained troops. What yeah. do you think's going to happen, Destro? He's going to steal one of your stingers and drive away. Yeah, I wrote Dusty in a dust storm. <laughs> Must be like in heaven right now, right? Mm-hmm. Because this is his. This is his strain. You don't. You can't fight him on, on his. He's got like home court advantage. <laughs> yeah, this is not where you want this battle to take place. You don't fight the blind ninja master in the dark room. <laughs> And you don't fight Dusty in a sandstorm. For some reason, I just really enjoyed the delivery on this. Your boy's on a couple hours furlough. What? (laughs) What? What? (laughs) And he's so pissed that it's not working. It's like, Destro, your plan sucks. (laughs) You cannot make decisions on the fly. He's a good planner. Also, at this point, I still, I feel like he could just be like, you know what? We've got that plasma ray. Who really cares about the scientist? We could destroy a lot of crap before she tells everyone Boy, the plan. That, that's the thing. Apparently, they don't because they didn't keep a written record of any of this stuff. Yeah. B- again, bad call, Destro. This happens a lot where, uh, um, obviously, they've gone to many iterations. Somebody built this thing, which means they needed a plan for it. Right. Just build the thing again because it yep. worked just fine. Well, in, in the in the distance, we find, I thought it was Moses riding in, but it turns out it's Jabal. Jabal. <laughs> Makes his return to the episode. And then uh, he takes in our all our friends, and he ends up with Footloose and Dr. Winters at a ruined, you know, ruins of some kind, where he's found the mauler, and he believes, like I said earlier, it's a sign from the gods above that, like, you know, keep on keeping on, Jabal. I don't know if he says that. Oh, he, he said a chariot fell from the sky. Yeah, and you don't assume a chariot falls from the sky without divine intervention. Call me crazy. I assume <laughs> one follows the other. I don't know. The magic chariot came from the sky. Not religion, though. <laughs> 
It's not mystical. It's just chariots fall from the sky. It's something that happens, clearly. God damn it. He doesn't know what a fucking tank is. This is when I wrote, uh-oh, is this racist? Definitely. <laughs> I would think that he would know what a tank is because the United States assuredly sold his country many in this time period. Mm-hmm. Mm. You should know better, Jabal. Yeah. We were literally giving them out to everybody in the <laughs> Middle East at this point. Also, here's the thing. Like, if you follow the logic of this, does he not know what a car looks like? Because you can tell that they're similar makes. Mm-hmm. But isn't a car just a chariot that powered on gas? But like, like I, I would buy it if he was just like, okay. My chariot like, I, from the Fiat store. <laughs> <laughs> what is also great is that the trouble bubbles start showing up. Cobra's searching for the people. They find the ruins. They see the fire and they see the tank. Mm-hmm. which, you know, that's pretty cool. Now, uh, Cobras are very poorly trained in this episode. I want to get to this point later because you have the numerical advantage. Mm-hmm. You're in the sky where they can't reach you, and you have guns. Mm-hmm. Why the F are you getting close enough that you can get hit by a sword? He comes right up on him with the trouble bubble. Sit back and shoot. Yeah. That's what guns are for. <laughs> no, no, the trouble bubble, um, its primary service is in melee combat. <laughs> You you bash into people with it. That's, he's that's he's using the front gun as like a fencing sword uh-huh. with yeah. an actual sword, mm-hmm. and he loses. That's how it works. I, uh, I had lunch with a friend today who asked, uh, "Hey, Gina, you, nobody believes that you don't have any friends." <laughs> I had lunch with an imaginary friend today, <laughs> Thank you. and he asked uh, if we ever cover the fact that uh, there's a lot of shooting, but no, but the bullets don't do anything. And I said, "Oh, rest assured, we cover that a lot." <laughs> Well, different lasers serve different purposes. Some can like literally cut holes in airplanes so you can escape from. Others uh-huh. make you go nappy time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Others hit dinosaurs, which are impervious to all matter. Mm-hmm. So we just never know what's going on with the lasers. Also, no one is a good shot, with the exception of shooting inanimate objects. They're super good at that. <laughs> but this gets addressed in season two of G.I. Joe, if I can go ahead and spoiler alert, because Cobra comes up with the battle android trooper or mm. bat, which is a robot soldier that they could. It's like it's like Star Wars episode one. Yeah, if they're robots, say. we can murder them by the millions. Oh, that's <laughs> good. That is a good workaround. Yeah. Uh, so let's see here. Dusty, like a dope, has been driving all night in the desert and he runs out of gas. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, he's so stupid. God bless Dusty, but mm-hmm. at nighttime, you're just going to drive around the desert and just hope you can find them. I mean, I guess what else is he supposed to do? Wait till morning when it's light out and then <laughs> and then do the same thing? Oh, we skipped he... over the yeah, this weird like the uh the jealousy thing starting to uh oh, that's right. rear its ugly head again and just it's just it's it's not um uh, out and out sexist, it's just mildly distasteful. It's uncomfortable. And you, Jabal, are amazing. A mere trifle. Uh, Yeah, well, uh, this has been fun, but we better split. Calm down, dude. Footloose. This was a big thing. So I was just watching Bloodsport on Netflix. Like you do. Uh, As Chan would say. Chong Lee. (laughs) I chant that in all sorts of uh, places and times inappropriately. <laughs> if and you see Chan at the grocery so store chanting it for no reason, you'll know why. Chan, no, those no. are tangerines. What are you doing right now? <laughs> no, 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 no. If somebody were to, uh, to say, uh, not run into one of those uh, uh, displays and knock down like <laughs> just like, you know, a, a few dozen tangerines, they spill all over the floor, I would just absolutely start going, <laughs> Chong Lee, Chong Lee, Chong Lee. <laughs> But there's a there's a part in it where um um there is a guy who I assume is he's some sort of Middle Eastern because he's wearing head head gear of a sheik mm-hmm. and his his partner in crime who I forget who it is and they're 
like sort of fighting over this female reporter who ends up being the main love interest. And then Jean-Claude Madame comes up and he's like, we'll flip for her. And he like wants to flip a coin for her. And she's like, no way. And then he winks at her. And so she's sort of like, I guess it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) And like, this is a big thing in the eighties where it was like, one of us is definitely going to get her. Well, this goes, yeah, it's, it's not guys. Listen, you get to pick which one of us you're going to fuck at the end of this. It's it's not weird. Oh no, you are going to fuck one of us. (laughs) It, 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 but you know, why are you making this so strange? Like you have a choice. I don't see what you're talking about. It's like, all right, there's three of you. You've all done heroic things for her. That goes back (laughs) to the notion that, uh, women characters are prior for the men mm-hmm. like that's Even just people with degrees yes <laughs> she's, she's a goddamn doctor who's created a plasma cannon all she's of her moxie cool. up until this point has fallen on deaf ears but mm-hmm. uh, but also she has the the uh the, the the she's so hot moment or whatever all of a sudden it's like oops camel bumps and then hair falls glasses off yes she she loses 20 years she has been, she has <laughs> been she's all that and yes. everyone takes notice mm-hmm. everybody's and like then she oh. becomes a desert flower but they noticed before this too so now they must just get their boners must I mean, have like doubled in size. They're mm-hmm. not they're not uh, ageist assholes like some of us, Ray, who think she's in her mid forties and dumpy. Uh, no, no, no. Now that she's taking off her glasses and yeah. her hair is just mysteriously just no flowing. Exactly. Obviously, she, she gets hot in that moment and suddenly mm-hmm. looks young. Earlier, <laughs> she did not. Mm-hmm. I think she looked hot earlier on. She looked hideous. She looked like a troll. <laughs> Thank you. She may as well live under a bridge mm-hmm. and and riddle goats. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Uh, also, there's a wonderful moment where, uh, 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 maybe we can hear this. Uh, this is uh, goes back to my theory that in GI Joe, everyone can always hear everybody else. Because from three dunes over, Doctor Winter says something, and Destro responds to it. No, stop! Destro's plasma cannon will cut you to pieces. Very true, Mike. <laughs> they are two miles apart yep. from each other at yep. this point. I definitely made that notation. <laughs> And I love it. I love that for the narrative, that's just how this world <laughs> operates. By the way, we skipped over uh, uh, at some point. She, so the the sheik or the prince or the whatever king monarch, of the country calls her the her, calls her a desert flower, and you yes. think she's going to have a moxie moment where she's like, "Listen, buddy, I'm nobody's desert flower. I'm a fucking scientist." But then she's like, "Oh." You can call me Nancy. Yeah. And so she's like sort of into it. And I was kind of, I'm not going to lie, kind of disappointed. I was like, oh, so so she's now into this like sort of soft misogyny that's going on right here. Well, she, but, but. Doctor. Mm. Call me Nancy. <laughs> but you think about it. She's been captured by Cobra, probably treated when she gets a nightgown. So not so terribly, mm-hmm. but not well. Uh-huh. And then she gets rescued by Bill and Ted, who <laughs> both spend times throwing her out of cars, treating her like an idiot, calling her man, pretending like she's not a doctor. <laughs> to the point, the first guy to treat her with any respect whatsoever, maybe, yeah, she's going to like kind of like, okay, you know what? This is how all, re- all comedy relationships start. <laughs> Almost every single time. That's how I got married, everybody. (laughs) Well, I guess this is better than out-and-out hatred and misogyny, so settling down now. At least this is misogyny that feels nice. Uh, Then we have a tank battle, which I thought was the coolest part of the entire episode, is we have the plasma tank versus the mauler, and if you didn't see this coming, I guess, you know, poor poor job, bad job you, Uh, uh, and a camel. 
Just throwing in a camel for good measure. Mm-hmm. And they do this cool little World of Tanks thing where the Mauler gets hit by the plasma cannon and just shoots across the dune. Mm-hmm. And then we learn the thing that every gamer in history knows, and that's that tanks don't have armor in their rear because that would cost <laughs> too much money. And no one can ever get behind a tank. <laughs> uh-huh. So we have to shoot the rear of the tank. We also learn that D- Dusty's helmet is made of the same material as Captain America's shield. Yep, that's vibranium, 100%. <laughs> because he throws it in the in the treads of the tank, thus causing it to spin in circles and not just crush the helmet. That is two things. Like, one is very much that Atari video game uh, tank battle, which was, oh, man, that was tits back in the day. Uh, and oh, yeah. Combat, the, baby. Uh, the, uh, the tank, you know, like, you, you had little toy tanks. And you know, fuck up one of the treads, and the brrr, that's all it could do. Just go around in circles like that. Those are both two things that a child of the '80s 100 percent identifies mm-hmm. with. And like, boom, I'm in the zone. I know exactly what this is all about. <laughs> and in typical GI Joe fashion, we're getting right towards the end of the episode, so we got to wrap this shit up quickly. <laughs> we got two minutes to go at this point. So uh, um, Footloose gets the shot off, and so he's like using. How big is the inside of this tank? It's it's like Doctor Who's TARDIS box in there because he's standing up. He's moving around. He's got a kitchen in there. Mm-hmm. And the tank, t- the Mahler doesn't. I had the toy. One guy fitted a cylinder in the top, and that was it. <laughs> so he finally gets his poop together in the tank, blows out the back of the tank in a very dramatic and exciting moment, takes it out. And unfortunately, as we established earlier, that's the only plasma cannon that they had or the only nope. plans for it. Yep. That was the, it. The plans were in the, the, the tank. So I guess, my, again, Destro, bad plan. You only have one of these. Why are you taking out into battle well away from the rest of your men and your base? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bad. Like Destro's good at the planning stages. And then as soon as the plans, as every plan does, starts yeah. to break down as reality happens. He's not an execution guy. He doesn't know. He does, He cannot improvise, yeah. I think we would say. He's like, a sketch writer, not an improviser. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If somebody flubs a line in his sketch, he mm. does not know how to pick the sketch no. back up yeah. again. Then he then he murders them. He sends them <laughs> into the death zone. If you don't say your line, I will call an airstrike down that will destroy this entire theater. <laughs> or the guy in the sketch who just keeps saying his line over and over again, hoping that you'll remember the pickup yeah. line at yeah. this point. <laughs> I said, I'm pleased to meet you. <laughs> I'm pleased to meet you. I'm pleased <laughs> to meet you. <laughs> um, so when we get the Star Wars moment at the end, where we have the giant parade. Now I thought, <laughs> didn't they, didn't they sack the village at the beginning? They said there was only 140 villagers. Well, yeah, that was a village. Okay, not this is the, the entire. This is the capital. Yeah. Okay. This is the country of. Uh, they don't say. <laughs> <laughs> we we just don't know. Uh, Wakanda. Sure, yep, yep. sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so everybody's there. We have our everybody gets a medal mm-hmm. with some weird symbols and crazy Arabic letters on them. Uh-huh. Yeah, pretty sure that wasn't actually Arabic. <laughs> Guys, can I just say right now, we wouldn't know the difference. If no, anybody out no, there no, listening no. can has any clue what that medal might have said, yeah. I'll try to grab a screen grab. I'll put it on the Facebook page. And uh, anybody who could give us any hint as to what this thing means, we will love you forever. All of our... Uh, ancient linguist listeners out there. Yep. I mean, if Lady J can uh, 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 translate hieroglyphics on the fly from episode <laughs> to episode and then forget how to do it the next one, That's I'd true. like to believe one of you guys, this has got to be a recognizable symbol of, even if it's like Korean or something, right? Because we're the animators who made it. Maybe they just did. <laughs> maybe they took. Korean. I don't know. It is I pro- couldn't read any I of it. I could definitely see it being uh, a Korean's interpretation of uh, sure. Arabic. <laughs> like, uh, that looks Arabic. Yeah, we're good. Go ahead and send it. <laughs> to which I just have right here just how big exactly was this operation like 
They enslaved yeah. an enti- like apparently the entire country got enslaved by Cobra mm-hmm. for it only being a base full of dudes out in the middle of nowhere and one cannon for it. Yeah. I mean, again, swords. Swords and that camels. That's all they got. Swords and camels. And not every trouble bubble driver is dumb enough to get close enough. No. Mm-hmm. And G.I. Joe saves the day. Hooray. And then all the Cobra guys are marching through the streets. Uh-huh. And they all get publicly executed, right? Like, am <laughs> I, I... I assume their heads get chopped off. I assume there's some sort of great beheading ceremony. I yeah. think you're right. Yeah. And the uh, the doctor uh, gets to be the prize of the monarch. Mm-hmm. And gets to quit science forever and wear yeah. a hijab. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's never, she's never going to cure cancer now. <laughs> We uh, could we could have had the cure. No. <laughs> that plasma ray was really like a, a cure for cancer if you miniaturized it oh, and sent it into a body. It mm-hmm. shoots cancer cells to. out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have a Bechdel test fail. In oh. this, but Moxie levels off the charts. Nice. Yeah. Okay. A strong woman right. character written who isn't a member of the Joe team. Yeah, although, Mild success. Although last five minutes, she's not so great. <laughs> she, when, as soon as she has the, you know, she gets hot. She loses her. Yeah, way. I think the message here is you can either be hot or smart, but <laughs> you can't be both if you're a chick. Welcome to the mm. '80s. Welcome to every '80s teen movie in existence, mm. even today. How sad. Well, guys, that does it for Hearts and Cannons. An episode that was, again, shockingly progressive in many ways and shockingly regressive in other ways. It's a wash. I liked it. I, I liked I liked this one. I appreciated this episode. I saw what they were trying to do. Meh. Well, you know. You had a you had a strong female character, Gina. Come on. Yeah, but then she she crapped it out in the last five minutes, so <laughs> Hey, the fact that she existed for any period of time at all, to me, marks as a win. We've had female scientists on this show before. We have. I mean, that's true. But none with this moxie. Mm-hmm. That is true. In any case, uh, uh, this is telling us half the podcast. We have contact information we got to give out. First off, go on iTunes, everybody. Give us a five star review. We deserve it. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. we we do this show for the people. We get the guests. We got some really cool stuff in the works coming forward. You should do that. Give us five stars on iTunes right now, knowing it's half the podcast. Go ahead. Do it. Do it. Five stars. And if you just accidentally click one star, even better. Thanks, Chan. Thanks for that. I appreciate it. I appreciate you, Chan. I appreciate (laughs) me too. So you can find us on Facebook. We're on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash knowing is half the podcast. You are on Twitter at GI Joe podcast, which is pretty cool to interact with us as well. (laughs) I like it. And I'm on Twitter individually. I am at almighty Ray. I'm at 999 RPMs. I'm at Gina Ippy. Did we ever say our names at the beginning of this episode? I don't think we did in hindsight. No, my name is my name is Ray Stacanus. I'm just going to put it out there. His name is Ray Stacanus. Listen, if you're if this is the first episode you're listening to of our podcast, it's possible every episode is for somebody new. Go, go back, back go back and it. listen to the other ones where I we say our names. To, yeah, <laughs> listen, I need to get my name out as much as possible. I don't work at Yahoo or Cartoon Network. That's also like you guys do. <laughs> so just guys, just say my name again, please. And that's Race to Canis. Uh, <laughs> if you if you need to hire a really loud annoying guy to be dumb at your party, I'll I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> that could be taken any number of ways. Oh, no. You guys, we better get out of here quick before I get myself in more trouble. So uh, uh, anything else we have to add about hearts and cannons, guys? Nope. Well, then, from my heart to your cannon, good night, everyone. Ew. That means the butt? Ew. Does that mean no, the butt? No, the cannon is definitely the dick. So, But <laughs> I guess, bo- I guess but heart could be the shoot, butt. They both shoot things yeah. out. Well, yeah. I could have said from my cannon to your heart. That would have been grosser, <laughs> I think. Yeah, because then you'd be like shooting your jizz, pee, or poop into someone's heart. Like right. That as, takes some force. As opposed <laughs> to just, just dousing their penis in blood? Is <laughs> that what's happening who, here? Who poos out their penis? 
You said jizz, pee, or poo. I was saying. You don't poo. Gina, I don't think you know how male parts work. Dang. There's only one hole, right? (laughs) Come back on Friday for Know Your Joe. And more anatomy lessons from Gina Polito, (laughs) who's got that shit on lockdown. I know how things work. Good night, everybody. I'm Kevin Goatee. Hey, I'm Kevin Israel. We host Gutting the Sacred Cow, the best and most unique movie debate podcast out there. Why? Because we invite our guests to pick a film that they find overrated or hate and try to convince us to see their argument. They must pick a film that is a financial success, widely beloved, or critically acclaimed. That's right. Some of the films our guests have tried to eviscerate, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Pulp Fiction, Ghostbusters? You can find us on all podcast platforms like Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. And if you want to watch our smiling faces, we're also on YouTube. GuttingTheSacredCow.com is where you find all of our information. And we look forward to our guests infuriating you when they attack your favorite films.